Family Podcast 2015-16 pre-season episode. My name's Javed and welcome back to regular listeners and also to any new listeners. Joining me for this edition are Rebecca Braddock. Hello. Jess Nicholl. Evening. And back after a few months, Mary Morton. Afternoon. Right, before we begin, just a couple of announcements. Um... Guy Jinx, who's previously appeared on the podcast a few times, it's his birthday today, so happy birthday, Guy. Happy birthday, Jinxie. Enjoy. Happy birthday. And I should also mention that um, one of our listeners, David James Brooks, DJ Brooks, he recently, um, he's, um, uh, he's began a job at White Hart Lane as a steward, so um, he got that gig in the summer and hopefully... As of the um, Stoke game in a couple of weeks from now, he'll be um, one of the merry men and women of Stewart. So, um, congratulations to him. It's a good thing. Well done. We're going to sing to him. (laughs) Mary? Yeah, we'll sing DJ to him or at him. Right, okay. So, um, back after a couple of months, um, I I don't know about you, but I, I. it was nice for a, nice to have a, a break from football, and it was certainly nice to have a break from doing the podcast week after week. Um, but at the same time, I sort of missed it as well. Um, so it's nice that it's come back, um, and looking forward to next week. Um, the summer was really difficult. I struggled without any football. I didn't enjoy the under-21s, personally, um, but I really enjoyed... Well, I didn't expect to, but I really enjoyed the um, the Women's World Cup. Um, how did everybody else cope with the with the um, break? Enforced longest break ever. It always it always drags, um, and even if there's a European Championship or a World Cup, it still always drags. Those weeks without football are just endless. Um, the Women's World Cup was nice, but it was a filler, and the under twenty ones. I suspect we shouldn't really discuss because that was such a complete disaster. Um, and it's just been very tedious. I've bought a new kitten, um, and he's been entertaining us quite a bit. And pretty much, I've been working, and that's really dull. And that's it. What about everybody else? Uh, well, I actually can. I love the summer. I love the break. Um, I play golf. I really like cricket. Uh, so I'm the under twenty one. So I've got a slightly different take on it. Unusually, that. Um, I actually don't think it was as much of a disaster as everyone makes out. It was in clearly the harder group, as both finalists come out of our group. Um, the Italy game, I thought Harry Kane's performance was worth the whole tournament. He was absolutely unplayable in that game. Unfortunately, we couldn't score, and we conceded three bad goals. And as for the girls in the uh, World Cup, well, fantastic. I didn't stay up and watch it live, but I did watch a couple of later games, and I, and I fair play to them. I didn't, I didn't think they'd get past Canada. Uh, and they were unlucky not to get past Japan. So, yeah, full kudos to them. But, like I say, I play golf. I love cricket, so I, I don't miss football at all. In there. And I, plus, I still play a bit of five-a-side during the 
whole year anyway. So it's it's a nice break, and uh, I'm nearly ready to get back and uh, have the stress levels heightened again watching the mighty. <laughs> but uh, I think another week is about right. Mary, how did you cope in the summer months? Um, I, I don't like us. I, I, I hate us. I absolutely hate no football. Um, women's on the women's World Cup. Uh, it don't really. It doesn't really do anything for me. It was they, England were brilliant. They, I did watch a couple of the later games, um, and they they performed brilliantly. Uh, maybe the men could learn something from them. Um, the under twenty ones. I agree with uh, Rebecca. It was a complete disaster. Um, but I wasn't surprised by that. Um, and, and that's about it. I hate no football. It's awful. <laughs> I, t- I tell you that, that, that for me, the refreshing thing about the Women's World Cup was I, I didn't watch it early on. And I'm going to confess here, I sort of jumped on the bandwagon once um, England started. Well, once I think it was in the quarterfinal stage from, from that point onwards. Um, and um, comparisons were, were made with 1990, not in terms of the quality, but in terms of maybe the momentum or, you know, when you start to, a team starts off starts off slowly as did this England team and, and then they work their way through the t- tournament. So there were similarities there. But the, but the thing that I really enjoyed, I really found refreshing about the women's game is, um, I would say the last, for me, the last decade of watching um, the England team, I've really not enjoyed it. I used to love it as a kid. I used to love, love it in the 90s and... Whilst I didn't think the quality of football was un- great under Ericsson, at least we um, got to three quarterfinals and we had a really good crop of players. And in the last few years, I haven't enjoyed... I find it really difficult. I really struggle to watch watch, watch the men's game, um, the, the national team. When it came to, to the women's, I'm not saying that they were great. I think technically they look fine. I think sometimes I can't help thinking, and I don't mean this in a sexist way, although it will come across as such, I can't sometimes can't help thinking that maybe the pitch is too big and and they don't have the, st- the strength and the stamina to to play on on that on those sort of size pitches and there was lots of say passes in the course of a game that would go astray um, but yeah at the same time technically they were good which I, I, a bit of a contradiction there but but the thing that was really stood out for me was the enthusiasm. The, the way they played, the camaraderie, um, and it was maybe it's because they're not earning, um, you know, thousands of pounds a week, and maybe it's because they've got other jobs. Um, and I don't know whether so football quite a few today is professionals. quite a few professionals. But, yeah, so but how? Yeah, Tony but they... Duggan's on good dough. Um, yeah, but fact, when you... Jess, when you say good dough, define that, and how is that comparable? <laughs> To a yeah. Premier League footballer. It's not it's not comparable. But but exactly. do you know what? I actually don't think you can compare men's football and win, women's football. And that's one of my biggest bugbears. All the girls showing the men out of there. They're not showing the men out of there. They're, they're totally different sports. Ladies football is ladies football. They're brilliant. Technically they're fine. The pitches in Canada I think were actually a problem. 4G yeah. has to be wet. It can't it can't be dry because it does it does mm. make it very difficult to get a slick passing game going. Um but I just think they should be kept separate. They shouldn't be made compared. They shouldn't be compared because one football, men's football professionally, has evolved now for 160 years. Women's football still quite embryonic, and you know, and and there isn't a problem with it. They've both got their places. So, but I just don't. I don't like the comparison. You shouldn't. They shouldn't be compared. They're not comparable in my mind, and that's for so many different reasons. Not 
not because men's football is better than women's football. It's just that they're totally different. I mean, the, the scrutiny that men's football gets. Yeah, the money and all the rest of it, that's that's all there as well. But also the, the crowds and everything. Women's football is quite... It is still, I know it's a bit patronising this, but it's still played very much like an old traditional club-style football. Everyone's in it together. Everyone wants to do the best for each other. Whereas a professional football, let's face it, you know, it's it's a much more cutthroat business. It is, and the girls are much more... They are, they're much more caring, even as a team. If somebody goes down injured, then you will quite often not only get that team, but if somebody did a slightly dodgy tackle, something in the men's game, they just go, yeah, live with it and walk away. Yeah. Teams, Players from both sides will go and make sure that player is OK. Yeah, there isn't the cynicism like there is there in men's isn't, and there, there's, not, uh, there's no malice. No. Mm. Oh, well, no, that's a lie. There is some, No, no, they want to I win. think it's picking up. You know, I watched all of the England get all bar one. One was on a Monday night, and I couldn't stay up until midnight. I couldn't justify that. Um, I watched most of the England games, and apart from the uh, Mexico game, was just awful. I've ne- honestly, even if you compare it with the men's game, some of the kicks they were dishing out was just—they were awful. Mexico got tucked into us, though, didn't they? If I remember, yeah, right. they, they we, we won did. that late on, didn't we? We did, um, yeah. but they were really vicious, and it, I was almost embarrassed that they had to resort to that whereas had that been a men's game I wouldn't have batted an eyelid yeah but it seemed out of place for the girls yeah fair comment mm. I don't know I, I, st- I still think that you, yeah you're right Jess you, you can't it's, you're not comparing apples to apples it, 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 they are different but um, sometimes when I w- watch the men's game um, it's it's a bit like that thing with say for instance snooker um, when if you look, look back at say snooker or tennis say in the 80s you used to have characters and even football for that matter and now everything's become just so commercial I don't know commercial and professional and well, you know professional, every, isn't it? professional. Yeah. Um, yeah. and and that's fine and that's that's good because you know pro, I mean the word pro, uh, professional can, can, can mean a lot lot a lot of things so for example um you know if it means that players are fitter and and um they're following particular diets i think that that's a good thing but sometimes i just find it just goes to maybe a bit too far it's almost like players take well, them clinical, themselves too seriously it's yeah clinical it, you know there isn't like you say there isn't the characters there isn't the stan bowls anymore the gazers even mm. you know where, where they're allowed to express themselves as individuals now they are you know, they all turn up in their great big earphones and they all keep themselves to themselves, you know. It'd be nice to see a couple of characters just sort of come out of themselves a bit. But, you know, I suppose the money that's at stake, the, the, the clubs don't want... It's sort of sanitising the character, characters in a way. OK, so um, bringing it to Spurs, one of the... Yeah, but obviously there's been transfer activity in the summer, which, which we'll talk about, or maybe lack of transfer activity. Um, but one of the big developments for us in the close season was the um, news of the stadium. So finally, um, there's, it looks like it's, it's going to go ahead. There have been um, new stadium designs. Um, I think it's 61,000 um, yeah. for the new stadium, yeah. which, is, which makes it well, bigger than the Emirates or b- bigger than it was originally <laughs> proposed. Um, the other sort of standout feature... Was the um, I don't know if it's a north or the south stand. Um, frankly, who cares at the moment? But the cop end. It's uh, going to be the south. It's going to be where the park lane is. Okay, so good. 
Or it's gonna, um, no, it's going to be the north, but it's going to be where the park lane end is. End it. If that right. makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you've got cut the. Is it seventeen thousand for that? Allegedly, yeah. Nin- Allegedly. No, nineteen thousand. Oh, okay. Really? Is that the revised? Yeah. That's plans? that's the size of that individual stand. Nineteen thousand. Um. So we've got that, and then there's obviously all the the regeneration plans and the, the skywalk and whatnot, and um. It finally looks like there's a bit of flesh added to the bones, and it almost feels as though, you know, if you, if you go past the high road, you, you'll see that the sort of work has just begun, albeit it's just bulldozers and digging and whatnot. But it it, it feels as though it's finally happening. Um, excited? Sad? What's everybody's emotions? Yeah, it's I'm been... excited. It seems. Um... You know, a lot of people saying it's not going to happen, it's not going to happen. They're not going to put the money in. And it's happening. Um, so two fingers to all those who said it wasn't going <laughs> to. Um, I'm, I'm quite encouraged by, by, by the whole club at the moment about what they're doing. Um, between building the stadium, young people getting, you know, young players coming through. I think it's quite a good time for our club, actually. Yeah, I agree with me, yeah. Uh, yeah, stadium. It's a good point you make, Yavid, because you're right. It's mixed emotions. It's going to be, you know, I remember when I first went to White Hart Lane, 1978, I think it was, or or, or early 79. I sat in a stand, the old West Stand, and you had a terrace below, and the, the Park Lane packs them. The whole stadium looks so different to even what it is today. And now, you know, and we're going to take that next step to a completely new stadium. It, it's an absolute necessity. You know, but it will be a heavy heart. That last game at White Hart Lane, you know, it will, it will, you know, a lot of good memories there. And uh, but you know, onwards and upwards. And, and you're right, Mary, bringing the kids through, because you know those kids that get brought through the club, it actually means something to them. You know, it does. You can't, you know, you can't tell me it doesn't mean something to Harry Kane, to Ledley King when he's through. Even you know, Glenn Hoddle and players like that are brought through the system. It means more to him. Steve Perriman, you know, you. When you buy a player in, you know that that player has already played for another club. So they have an association with another club. So they're never purely going to be Spurs. So, But yeah, I, I spot on, Mary, I think. Yeah. I don't have. I presume that's you, Smith. Yeah. Yeah, I think the dog's got a point and all. He agrees. Yeah, I don't know if he does. <laughs> See, I don't have any sentimentality about the lane at all. The dog's getting upset. It's just yeah, way, but it doesn't matter. That isn't my club. My club are the guys that wear the shirts. Yeah, that's so fair. I so for me, and I like the fact that it's staying in Tottenham. I love the fact that we didn't go to Stratford, but we're staying where we are, where we've always been, and I really like that. So anything else is just a bonus. We desperately need a bigger stadium. Yeah, we do. Um, so yeah. Fine. Good thing. Go for it. Place to make new memories. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, that's right. It's it's, it's a new chapter, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, you know, let's do it. Can't wait. Be really exciting. So, with a new stadium, I mean, one of the things which um, had been talked about beforehand and, and it's now pretty much confirmed what, what we suspected, that there'll be um, a few NFL games during the season. Um, I... My take on that is um, it's happened before. Um, I think the, the London Monarchs have 
played at White Hart Lane before. Um, there have been other events. Um, famously, the Watson Eubank fight in '91. Um, so I, I'm, pers- I'm I'm fine with that. I think it's I actually think it's a good thing. Um, if it brings in some revenue, that's fine. Um, it's, as far as everybody's concerned, it's still going to be, you know, the home of Tottenham Hotspur. Um, the other thing which will happen, but we don't know yet, is what the stadium will be called. Now, to many of us, it will probably still will probably still regard it as White Hart Lane in our hearts, particularly as it's just you know there in the same area. Um, but there's going to be inevitably a, a, a naming rights, um, and you know, I don't know whether if you read some of the stuff um, out there, some of the rumours suggest that it's going to be called the AIA AIA Stadium, amongst other things. So, um, what what would be nice though for me is if they call. Um, we might talk about this a bit later because there was a question about this. It would be nice if, for instance, for instance, if one of the stands was was named after Bill Nick or Danny Branchflower. Yeah. Yep. I think that would be a, a nice touch. Um, the other thing is the train station. That's going to be redeveloped. Um, I don't know if it's still going to be called White Hart Lane or there was in some of the plans I saw that it, it was referred to as just Tottenham or the Tottenham Stadium or something like that. Um, it would be nice if it's still kept White Hart Lane because... Um, that's a link back to what yeah. we had. Yeah. 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 Well, I think the council said that that's still open for this discussion. There's no decision been made on the on a developed train stations name. But I mean, when they say that, that means they are considering changing the name. So, well, yeah, if they change the name of the station, they change the name. It would be good to keep it. But again, I'm not sentimental about it. If they change it, and given the money that Spurs are in a kind of roundabout way putting into the local community because of the regeneration um, I know Harry and Gay are paying for a lot of it but because th- they're only doing that because we're there so if the council would give us a bit of flex with that that would be lovely however I don't, see, I don't actually think the council have got the final say I think actually it's TFL that have got the final say on the train okay. station name, so. well they'd have yeah. to reprint all their maps and do all yeah. their, change a whole load of stuff so do you know what they do maps big issue for them they do maps every year anyway they okay. change but you know, it's, I don't think it does it matter. I, I'm not. I'm not I, we all know where we're going. It's yeah. not like we'll get lost. <laughs> I mean, I can't find a station. Turn around, go. The, the station, the station badly needs re- redevelopment, and in, in 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 actual fact, that a particular area, as far as public transport is is, is concerned, is really bad. Um, it's it's not a great. You know, it it's, it can be a pain in the backside to get to if the trains are not on and whatever. But um, yeah, no, I, I I suspect they'll either keep it at White Hart Lane or they'll call it just call it Tottenham. Um, as for the naming of the stadium, mm, I am a bit sentimental, but uh, no, we've got to move on. If that's what we've got to do, we've got to do it. I think I still think as the fans, as as us, it will it'll still be referred to as a lane. I mean, yeah, the irony yeah. is, it's actually moving closer to White Hart Lane, the road. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, so, was, sorry, Jeff. It was on the um, on one set of plans at one stage, because there have been various iterations of this. It did say quite openly that naming rights would be permitted, and that's kind of fallen off the radar a little. I know the stadium will have naming rights. There's I'm fairly no, sure they no will. Two exactly. Ways about it. The it's money, just... the money's too much. Yeah, yeah, I completely understand that. 
But I just wonder, really, has our master tactician another plan somewhere else? No, has I, he got? I, is there something else? Because it's not so much. There's no mention of it at all, where it was emblazoned all around that previously. Yeah, so has think, it already been decided? Yeah, that's. I think that's more likely. Yeah. yeah. But no, that, you're talking 100 million. So I, I can't see them not having a stadium sponsor. But no, the, sta the stadium sponsor could agree to name the stadium the so-and-so stadium at White Hart Lane or, you know, or an iteration of that. Yep. Yeah. So assuming all goes to plan and it's built in 2018, it's ready by 2018, we've got two more seasons at, at the lane. And then we've got this still un unanswered question, which is 2017-2018, where the hell are we going to be playing? Now, Milton Keynes has been talked about in the past. Um, as I understand it, the club are looking at the Wembley option and publicly have come out and said they're considering it, which is which is good. Um, there was even some talk somewhere of sharing with um, with a team from South London. No, I don't, I don't think that's a possibility because they recently went back to the council to try and remove a restriction that they've got on events or like concerts and stuff like that, and the council said no no chance you're still only allowed to hold a certain amount of events mm. at the stadium so I can't see how we could then share with them and have another 25 potential events in a year I, I can't see that being permitted so and that's just on the practicalities not going toward the uh, actual sentimentalities of it or the <laughs> yeah I'd well, rather not tell it I hate the place on the, on, on, on the sentimentality did I hear Mary um, voice Objection of that as well. Yeah, I you... just said no. It, it, no. It's, it's not an option. That's the end of us. You see, I, I wouldn't. <laughs> Daniel, Mary okay. Says no, thank you very much. I, I, no, would, I, I wouldn't mind on the yeah. basis that you could go there and defecate all over their stadium oh. and, and trash oh. it and, and just ruin it. I think the problem with sharing with, with the scum and, and the problem would be is the logistics and the police and others because you've got to understand that, yes. It is a rival um, stadium. Um, we're going into a completely different borough. Are we, you know, it's the safety of us. You've got to think of the safety of rival fans. Are they going to attack Spurs fans? It, it could happen. No, no, and yet, the won't. temptation <laughs> to defecate the place would be so much. I mean, I'd probably end up getting nicked, so no. We're not going there. <laughs> no, I just, I just yeah. don't want to go there. It's just, oh. I have to even persuade myself. I mean, I've I, I went to all of the games there to begin with when they moved there. I can't. I just absolutely despise the place. Oh, no, no, no. I so, realistically, or, or maybe not so much real, but where we're looking at Milton Keynes, Wembley? I think Wembley, Milton Keynes is out, isn't it? No, I think it's still an option. I think it's still an option. I'm sure there was something a couple of weeks ago about it. It's not going to happen. It's not. It's not logistically pop possible. There was, some, there was it's something. It's not popular. Well, I don't know. I've not heard that. Though. Okay, but isn't doesn't Wembley have the same restrictions as um, that bunch down the road? Right, it does. But if you limit the capacity, there is a caveat because if you limit the, the capacity to fifty thousand, which you can do by closing the upper tier then you can have, I think it's as many events as you want, or it's it's not as restricted. It's, it's, it's possible, but you can, yeah. you, 
What isn't possible is to say play Man United, Arsenal, Chelsea at say Wembley, and then play everyone Stoke, else at Stoke City at Milton Keynes. That that's not permitted mm-hmm. under Premier League rules. You have to have one stadium and play all your games at that one stadium. Makes oh, perfect right. sense. I wouldn't but, even consider moving. That's a shame because it knocks the idea that I was about to mention on the head, which was I'd quite like us. This isn't. This is not practical, and I'm not just saying it because Mary's on the pod. But I'd quite like us to play one or two games at Croke Park. Um, having having <laughs> yeah, been be there, great. oh, it'd be great. It'd be great. Great day out. Yeah. Um, not going to happen. Would be, but... But, um, yeah. They, I mean, they started using it while we were rebuilding um, Lansdowne Road. Um, yeah. The they used it, Ireland used it. You can't use one section, of course, because it's still standing room. So that'd be fine, that'd be closed off. But that, I mean, the, 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 that's quite good capacity. It's a beautiful stadium. Um, But yeah, I mean, yeah, it'd be brilliant, Javid, but I can't see it. It would be great, though, you know. It is there. It's doing nothing all winter, to be honest with you, because Gaelic games are summer games. I was going to say, once the GAA are finished mm. with it, it's, it's done, isn't it? It's... Yeah, and it's, they finish in September. But that's even more unrealistic than Milton oh, no, for God's sake. Can you imagine the whinging <laughs> that would go on then? Bloody hell, people are whinging about having to go. I don't even know the distance, to be fair. However <laughs> far about, away Milton Keynes is. About 30 miles north of London. <laughs> it's <laughs> not far outside. If you live in North London, it's actually not that bad. It's, it's, <laughs> I can get to a quiet sorry, I, from where I live as well. No, I can't. Believe it's it or not. But actually, if I, drove, if I drove to the games, it wouldn't be that much of a... No. Or deal, but I'm I'm not. <laughs> if we move to Milton Keynes, I'll I'm gonna, I'll have a season off and I'll uh I'll I'll go to the, probably the Arsenal games and if we if we get to sort of latter stages of a cup, I might sort of be fickle and uh, come <laughs> rear, rear me ugly head again and make it. It would be an awfully big adventure. I think it would be um, because it's only for one season. Then um, I don't know. Would that define the real fans? No, but, no, 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 no. That was fairly tongue in cheek, Jess. Um, but it would be an adventure. So you would define that season. That was the season we were at Milton Keynes. Yeah. So maybe it might, for those people that don't retain game information like me, then, and I've been to any number of games, but couldn't necessarily tell you when. Right. But if I, if I went because we were at Milton Keynes, then that would be a very definite, oh, that was the season we were at Milton Keynes. Because yeah. it's so very different. Yeah. It's got a capacity of 30,500 and knowing, well, I don't know, but knowing our chairman, um, I would have thought he'd probably pick somewhere like Wembley because it will generate more revenue. So, Yeah, but I don't, I don't the, the problem is what you've got to count the balance is not the just the revenue that the stadium will generate, it's actually how much it will cost because the landlords, which is what Wembley or Milton Keynes will be, will want their slice of the cherry as well. Mm. So it's going to be a year where it's actually going to cost us money rather than we're going to be able to make money. And I think that's probably been one of the sticking points with the owners and moving the, the stadium forward, And which is why we're probably doing it one season out of White Hart Lane so we don't actually lose revenue with the new stadium either. So when we move in, it's complete. It's 48 but wouldn't that cost be offset against the revenue generated from the capacity? And Wembley's got a bigger capacity, therefore. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, that proportionately. Yeah, yeah well, back. Wembley one. Because yeah. Wembley isn't still paid for, is it, by England FA? Hmm. Oh, Wembley. Wembley. No, it isn't. No. And so, then, um, 
I don't know if they would offer, as a corporation, they would offer Tottenham any slightly better discounted rates because that we would be there. But they're still, it's still the policing there. Yeah. They've still got to open up areas that they don't because it's not used that regularly. I, th- I the thing know. with Wembley, by all accounts, they want eight million a season. Now, if you think West Ham are only paying two million this season for the Olympic Stadium, puts it in some sort of context. Yeah. What's happening to Upton Park? That was tongue in cheek. Don't don't. Houses. <laughs> don't. Houses. Nobody swore. Well done. Um. Okay, so um, the other obviously thing that's been happening, or maybe not been happening as much as we'd like in the summer, has been transfer activity. Um, so, looking at the players that have gone out, Holtby's gone, Kabul has gone, Stambouli was only there for a year, and then three of the famous seven, Vlad Kirikes, Kapue and Paulinho, all gone, and there might be a few more still to go. Um, and we've had... Deli Ali obviously came in in January, um, and um, Kevin Vimmer and Toby, Toby, all whatever it's all the Varels, yes. Um, and again, possibly a few more additions in the summer. How do we all feel about the comings and goings? Thanks. Uh, I think the goings are great. I could. Um, there are rumours today that the Soldado deal to send him back or for him to go to Villarreal. Uh, are more on than off as a theory um, and I think that's all a good thing uh, no question of any problems with any of the outgoings apart from I'd like quite like to see Adebayo go but then who wouldn't and um, yeah I think it's all good fun maybe I don't know I don't know if we really want anybody else to come in that's a hard thing to gauge I still haven't watched the game from the MLS game yet which is remiss of me um, to see how the guy, the new guys played them. I don't know, new player in potentially, but yeah, nothing, no problems at all with the outgoing. Jess, what's yeah, your yeah, I agree, I agree. Um, yeah, the outgoings are all quite necessary. Um, I still think we need three players in. I still think we need a central midfielder. Um, you know, just the mere fact. We're even experimenting with Dyer in the centre mid position. Just has alarm bells ring. He's no. We've got. We need a central mid. It's talked today that we're in talks with um, Yarmolenko, and that's actually quotes from the player himself. It's a player I actually really like. He's got a lot of ability, but he's he's Ukrainian, and and we know the track record of Russians, Ukrainians in the UK. <laughs> They're not great. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing Alex Pritchard in the Spurs shirt. Um, we've got depth and strength now again in the in the back four. I think Dyer, uh, Fazio. I, I like Fazio. A lot of people are giving him stick, but I, I I didn't really have a problem with Fazio last season. And I think there's games where he's his aerial abilities are, are going to come into come into use as Stoke particularly. One team, um, Wimmer. I've not really seen much of him, but Adreld, I think, is an excellent signing. But yeah, yeah, for me, still need two forwards in because we're going to lose. Adebayor's gone. Whether, whether he's still a Spurs player come the end of the transfer window, he won't be shortly after. Mm. I'm I'm sure that he he will not even get a squad number. So that's done. 
Soldado, it's unfortunate, but I think it's best for him and it's best for Spurs that we we part. So yeah, I'd say two more two more forwards, one midfielder, and I think that's a good summer. I think we've weeded out a lot of undesirables and we've brought in some actually good players that are actually pickable. <laughs> I'd, I'd, in terms of personnel, I'd concur with that definitely. Two two strikers and a, and a central midfield player. Um, Mary, happy yes. with the comings and goings? Yeah, relatively. I'd be glad to see the back of um, Adebayor. Um, I think he will. Uh, he will go. I think, um, or I agree with what Jess says that he um, he won't. He's, he's, he's unplayable. Gone. He's completely unplayable. The, the blokes are mercenary. I know. He's, not, taken, he's taking I the atomic. It, it's not even that. But Poch clearly doesn't want him there. Mm. And hasn't played him yeah, unless he had no choice yeah. since he very like the very first games last year. No, just no, squad. That's right, and, and and I just think this latest saga. See, my, my, Adebayor is so infuriating because he's yep. such a good player. When but he's good, he's very he good. And when he's bad, he he's shit. But the problem is, City City took all heart out of him. Give him 170 grand a week on five year contract. He, he doesn't have to lift a finger again. He's he's made. He's done. And, that, and we're basically paying for the legacy of, of that. And, and I can see a lot more players going down that route and, and younger players. And I, I, I fear for even the young lad, uh, Raheem Sterling. If he hasn't got a professional desire to be the best he can be, I can see him 23, 24, mm-hmm. sat on a beach in the Bahamas, saying, oh, well, where did it all go wrong? And I, I, just because they are, they are, the hunger is taken out of them. Goes back to my ridiculous goes, contracts. Goes back to my point about the women's game beginning. Yeah, there, there's a yeah, hunger there. There's yeah. a hunger there. But, um, but you still have professionals that want to be the best they can be. But in the men's game, and and Maz is a fellow fan of boxing. Them guys are so hungry because if they don't fight, they don't earn money. And basically, you'll get someone like Audley Harrison who earned a great contract from right from turning pro. He had no hunger, and you could see that. He was scared to get hit, and you can't do that in a, a sport like boxing. Yeah, correct. And, and it's yeah. the same in football. If you haven't got the desire to be the best you can be, and you go home and you're in your great big mansion, your money isn't an issue, where's where's the desire coming from? And where's the, you know, where's the incentive to go and give that extra, you know, 10% or whatever to be better than you currently are? There isn't, and Sterling doesn't have any desire. Otherwise, he wouldn't well, sign I, that sodding contract in the first that. place. I don't know that. Well, Why would I don't you? Know. Mm, I don't really? know. I don't know. That's all I'd say. I don't know. Nah, because I think much. there's more to that than meets the eye what happened in Liverpool. I just think he, he'd had enough of whatever was going on. I completely understand that. My point is, why would he have gone to City? Well, where we'll they have a track record of signing yeah. good English players because they need to keep up their yeah, the headcount for English players and yeah. homegrown players. But the chances of him actually getting much playing time... Well, no, do you know what? He will play for City. I've no doubt. Yeah, but I not... He's, he's, no, I think he'll start. I think he's. I think he'll... He, it's up to him. If he if he puts it in, he can. But I'm, my worry is that he won't. But he's I, another lazy player. Yeah, well, yeah, possibly. I don't know. You look at he's, he's had a problem with his. You know, you look at his all-round game. It's pretty good. He's one one aspect of his game that he suffers with is is his finishing. And has he worked on it? And and you, and I'll question it. But look, I'm completely surmising. I, he could prove me totally wrong because he has the ability to be a top top player. 
It depends. If, if, he showed, if he showed the attitude the season before last, um, if you recall when uh, City played Liverpool at Anfield, um, Liverpool won, as I, as I recall. But he, he scored a fantastic goal against City fairly early on. Um, and, you know, he, he had a really good season, um, featured in the World Cup. His, his attitude was right. Last season, it was complete opposite. So it depends what, what Raheem Sterling turns up. But um, I'd rather not talk about him anyway. Um, before we go to the second half, just a really quick, I'm going to go around and get some predictions. Um, and I know it's difficult, and I know predictions aren't everybody's cup of tea, and I know there's still going to be some transfer activity, hopefully. But let, let's just assume that at the very least we get another striker in and let's just say for the sake of argument that's Berahino, okay? How, where does everybody think we're going to finish at the end of the season? I'll start with Mary. Top four. Top four, okay. Yeah. And what about the Cups? I think we're more than capable of us. Um, uh, A trophy, yes or no? I'd like one, but I don't think we can do both. I really don't. Okay, Jess. Uh, I don't. I don't think we'll make top four. Um, and but I do think we might nick a cup. So fifth, fifth and Europa League. There you go. Look, I've said it. Hmm. I would say fifth and a domestic cup. I think that Europa trophy just drags on for bloody ever. Um, they should stop the Champions League dropouts falling into the tournament. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, but apart from that, I think it, that last, for me, that lasts just too long. There's too many games. There's too much else going on. Having said that, we know from last season that we did better when we had two games a week. Um, so, yeah, fifth in the league, but a more consistent game than we had last season where it was very hit and miss. Um, but yeah. I can see us getting a domestic cup. Okay. I think well, the problem it's not so much that I think we we have we've got no choice but to finish top four. We're going to start losing really good players if we don't, and then it's the same old crap over and over mm. again. Agreed. Unless we win the Europa Cup, in which case, no, we'll be I'll be. I'm going to be very honest with you. We need to start getting top four. We're going to use. We'll, we will lose. Hugo. Um, Hugo. Yeah, you qualify for the Champions League for... if you win the Europa League. I think was Yavet's point. Yeah, it's too long a drag. I agree with um, Rebecca. It's too much grief. Okay, I'm, I'm going to stick my head out here on, on the line, and I'm going to say as much as I, as much as my heart tells me we can finish third. Realistically, I think that we'll probably finish fifth. I don't think that will be a bad season. I think I think I think that we'd do well to finish fifth again two seasons because um, United are going to be a lot stronger. Arsenal are going to be stronger. City and Chelsea are going to finish above us. Um, and I wouldn't write off Southampton from... I've spoken to one or two people and they've, been, they've looked really good in pre-season and I wouldn't, I wouldn't write them off. Liverpool, you know, will probably be there or thereabouts. So I, I think we can finish fifth, probably. I can't see us finishing any higher. And I think that we're going to win the Europa Cup. OK, write these all on a bit of paper. We should discuss. <laughs> we don't right. need to write in down. It's all, it's all uh, enshrined the on the side. Yeah, it's all... OK. You have, this... record, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah, have you have to go back and find it again, Jess. Really, that's yeah. just a pain, ah, isn't yeah, it? So, you know. It's a pain, yeah. <laughs> OK, sec- in the second half of the podcast, we'll, um, we'll briefly look at the United game and then we'll do some questions. Um, but before we do, um, 
Elliot Line returns with his statistical take on the United game and he also provides some betting gods in the forward line. This is the forward line on the Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast with me, Elliot Line. Looking forward to the game against Manchester United on August the 8th, the opening game of the 2015-16 season. Last season, uh, this fixture saw us lose 3-0 with all goals coming in the first half from Fellaini, Carrick and Rooney. However, in both of the seasons prior to that, we won the fixture. They were the only two wins in the Premier League era. I rate the likelihood of us scoring as only 37% and of us scoring more than once as a dismal 7% and of keeping a clean sheet as just 27%. The most likely scoreline is a 1-0 defeat followed by a 2-0 defeat, a 0-0 draw and a 1-1 draw. Overall I have just 15% for a Spurs win, 28% for a draw and 57% for a Man United win. Currently the best odds for a Spurs win can be found at Bet Victor who are offering 5-1. For the season as a whole, I have us finishing in 6th place, behind the usual suspects. The likelihood of us finishing in the top 4 is around 15%. Currently the best odds for Tottenham to win the league are from Ladbrokes, who are offering 150 to 1. The best odds of us finishing in the top 4 are 13 to 2, and 32 red. This has been the forward line, with Elliot Lyon. Come on you Spurs! Right, welcome back to the second half of the Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast. Thank you, Elliot, uh, for a rather pessimistic outlook there. Um, <laughs> it's, it's Well, it's not his fault, I suppose. Statistically, if we're going to look at stats, um, we don't have a good record at OT, although two of the last three seasons we, we went there and won. So I'm hoping for more of the same. Um, looking at that game, um, just very briefly before I do predictions, so United have had, looking at some of their purchases, they've got Depay, Schneiderlin, Schweinsteiger and uh, right back Damian I believe that's... Damian, yeah. Damian. Um, they've cleared out cleared out a lot of Deadwoods um, out of their team, although I wouldn't consider Van Persie Deadwood, I was a bit surprised they sold him but... I'm really surprised they sold Di Maria but there you go. Has he gone? Yeah. I don't think okay. it's so much they sold him. I think he I think just he had enough of Manchester. Yeah. Because he his house has burgled, and ever since that happened, he was never the same player. So I just wonder if he was just not happy and settled in Manchester. Where was his house? In Liverpool? <laughs> well, Manchester's just <laughs> as bad. I don't know. I'm a Southerner. I can't find either on a map. Um, They're up there somewhere. Oh, this is about us and what we do against United next week but um, the one player who's still still at Old Trafford is De Gea um, there's been a lot of speculation around him um, whether he'll come or go and I read somewhere that uh, Van Gaal said he wasn't in the right frame of mind so he, he didn't start um, one of their pre-season games um, now we all know that from unfortunately through bitter experience with players like Modric, for example, that Berbatov may be, when a player is not in the right frame of mind, if he's not picked, apart from that, that, that weakens the team, and I don't know if he'll be picked next week against us, but even if he does play, or doesn't for that matter, we, either way, that spectre hangs over the rest of the team, the uncertainty, and that hopefully, hopefully is something that we can capitalise on. I don't know, we shall, we shall see. Um... Let's get some predictions. Mary. 
Can we go to Old Trafford and <laughs> give them a hiding? Um, we can go to Old Trafford and give them a game. I'm not not too sure about a hiding. Um, I'm going to go for a draw. Okay. Bex? One on. I think they've bought in... You know, we, all, we got criticised big time by everybody else when we bought in our seven. But you look at the number of players that are coming in, new players... They've bought four or five and the season, the transfer window hasn't closed yet. So we'll just see to see if that can actually strengthen the team or if they've just bought a bunch of superstars that won't actually gel as a team. Jess, what's your prediction for next week? I'll take a draw. Um, I, I don't think De Gea is going to be a problem, by the way. I th- he, he'll get on with it. He's got no choice. He has to put his finger out. Um, you've got the Euros next summer. He'll be a free agent next summer. He'll sign for Real Madrid next summer for free, so I, he'll he'll be fully focused. So don't that's not going to be a crumb of comfort. Um, yeah, I think we can go out there and get a draw. I th- we're fairly settled. I'm still worried about that berth next to Benzelem, but I think the rest of the side is is pretty fine, and we and we've strengthened the defence. You know, so yeah, um, let's let's go out there, give them a game. Who knows? We might nick something, but um, I'll take a draw right now. Okay, um, I'm going to say that oh, it's all about ifs and buts. If if we start the game in a positive way and really get get at them, two one to us. Yeah, I can well, see that. Well, I'll take um, that. <laughs> who wouldn't? Yeah. Yeah. But then, perversely, if it's anything like we played them last season and the start that we made then, well, then I think it'll be yeah, good night, fairly early on and. But it really depends on how we start that game. I, I think we can go there and win 2-1. Um, and I'm going to be at Old Trafford for the first time. I'm looking forward to that. So, oh, could you enjoy it? It's fantastic, Stadium. But um, for anybody, the players, this is the opening game of the season. So you'd expect them to be quite up for it. Yeah. Because it's me just being naive. No, no, the no. Fact no. That it's at somewhere like Old Trafford. I would expect us to go out all guns blazing. Yeah. I think that when we played them last, I think it was... 15th of March or something the circumstances then were very different it was yeah. on the back of um, the cut yeah. after the Carl- Carling Cup fi- Carling Capital One Cup final and, and, and being tired and all of that the League Cup yeah that's the one um, <laughs> if you'd have called so, it the Milk Cup then I'd have been really worried but I don't suppose you're all uh, the Coca-Cola Cup Rumble <laughs> Cup Coca-Cola Cup that's where I remember it Littlewoods Cup yeah I have a novel idea why don't we just call it the League Cup yeah, Absolutely. much a better yeah. plan. <laughs> okay, let's let's do some questions. I'm going to try to get through as many as possible. Um, this is one which um, we asked um, people on the pods towards the end of the last season. I think I've already asked Jess before and 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 Bex, but I haven't asked Mary. And um, and it's been it's been a while that Mary's been on the pod. So Andrew Pelling asks, "How do you get bitten by the Tottenham bug?" Um, well, my dad was a Spurs fan, so that kind of that ends that really. Apparently, it was declared on the day I was born um, that uh, I was I may not be a boy, but I'd still support Tottenham, and and that's it really. Although he is from the wrong end of the Seven Sisters Road, um, thank God he didn't support Arsenal. <laughs> so yeah, that's that that's my yeah. My dad's from Islington, and um, he chose Tottenham Hotspur, and uh, it wasn't didn't really have a choice after that. <laughs> okay, that was it, like really. Good answer. Mm-hmm. 
Right, so we've had a question on Twitter from um, at 80 underscore Spurs. In fact, before, before I read his question, um, at 80 underscore Spurs, that's A Tor Toma, um, was kind enough to write an article um, over the summer um, on Kieran Trippier, um, which went on the Tottenham Hotspur family podcast web, um, website and it was um, just after we signed Trippier and it was looking at um, you know whether it was going to be a good signing for us so um, if, if if you haven't read that article or weren't aware that it existed I, I'd recommend that you go to the Tottenham Hotspur family podcast.com page and you can read that article and there's a few other articles from last season and hope you hopefully there'll be more um over the course of this season should also mention that um if you want to follow us on twitter um you can do on at thf podcast right back to his question um so he asks um what are you expecting from pritchard and ali delhi ali this season europa league expecting potch not to put them straight into the first team premier league games he may choose to, but to give them some first-team experience um, in maybe the group stages for the Europa League and probably some of the early rounds of the cup games. I agree. I think that... I just hope the fans don't expect everything from them. I, I, I The way I see it is I think both of them will probably... Um, be given a chance over the course of the season the same way that for instance Mason, Bulls and Kane last season and they'll probably break through, start a few games, impress but they won't be able to do it over the course of the season they'll, they'll have difficult patches as any young player tends to do and I just hope that knowing that sometimes our fans, our home fans I should say sometimes can turn on the back, backs of players I just hope that, that, that people give them a chance and don't expect too much they're both talented, t- talented players I haven't seen much of Deli Ali, but I saw a bit of Pritchard last season at Brentford and I think um, they've both got promising futures yeah I, I, I agree I agree in, but I think Pritchard might actually be involved in the league sides not not starting but definitely but yeah, coming on a sub you know 60-70 yeah. minutes or something. It, yeah yeah again it's experience isn't it but last season, I mean, the, the championships are a tough league to play in. And he was exceptional in that league. So, Deli Ali's a bit younger and played in the League One. So, he's not quite even played at the level Pritchard's played in. So, yeah, I think his his introduction and his blooding into the first team will be more gradual and will be through cup games. So, yeah, but Pritchard, I'm, I'm actually quite looking for... I, I, he's got so much ability, that kid. He is super skillful. I mean, super skillful. So I'm really looking at, and yeah, the expectation, yeah, uh, can. But no, I, I think we'll see him play more Premier League games than uh, Deli Ali. But I think Deli Ali will be given a little bit longer. Okay. Um, David Pips asks, how have you been spending your non-pod time? We've sort of addressed that. Um. Rob Cracksford asked top four this year I think apart from Mary we all seem to think that fifth is probably where we're going to finish what else have we got um, 
Jack Burgess asks, are our expectations targets becoming less clear now? As in from a player point of view? Yeah. I, th- I think there was talk, I can't remember, it was sort of towards the end of last season that the, that the strategy had changed and we were looking to do what we did a few years ago, which was bring in younger players and develop them rather than go on a big spending spree and um, sign seven players as we did two seasons ago. Um, it seemed to be that there was, you know, we had particular targets defined. Now, I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to decipher his question. I presume that maybe, you know, we've been linked with a mismatch of players and, and it's just maybe not clear who, who we're trying to sign. I don't know where he's going with that. Yeah, I, I think he's basically saying that from a have we missed out on targets? So I mean, I read one piece by somebody saying that now we're scrambling. Um, I don't necessarily think that's true. I think one of the biggest problems we have as fans is that our club is very untransparent. They do a lot of their business behind closed doors, away from the press, and that's fine. But it means that it gives a lot more scope for speculation. So, for me, I've always said that a lot of people are chipping down the flames. Let's wait till the 2nd of September. Let's see when the transfer window is done and dusted. We can see who we've brought in, see who we've got out. And then we can tell whether things went to plan or not. Maybe getting a striker in is taking a little bit longer. But, but I, like I said, I was chatting to... Uh, uh, fellow Spurs fan and seen Sigona and he's saying that he and heard Berahino would that was going to happen but it would not happen until West Brom got someone in first so let's see you know that's not I don't you know we didn't we can't guarantee that that's going to happen but it's something I heard so let's like I say let's see, let's see what happens once let's see what happens in the build up now to so the end, end of the transfer window and then we can see where it's going to be Oh, also, it's the Paul Mitchell effect, isn't it? We yeah. don't know how that's going to play out. No. And look at some of the players that he brought in for Southampton. They seem to have done okay. Yeah. Okay, uh, moving it along. Um, Ed Brad asks, after scoring all the goals in our 6-0 triumph of Real Madrid in the Audi Cup, is Dembele the answer to the attacking option? Free attacking option. I don't. I presume he means in the Ericsson role. Um, I've gone on record before saying what I think of Dembele, which is I think he's very talented, but he doesn't for for me doesn't fulfil the potential. Um, and I know that his question is. I know that Ed's question is a bit tongue in cheek, but I don't know. I think Dembele possibly could be on borrowed time. I wouldn't be surprised if. If if we ship him out as well, I think he'll stay. But if someone came in with the right offer, I agree. Um, I've also gone on record before on the podcast and said he doesn't. He just doesn't do it for me at all. Um, it's hit and miss. And um, yeah, I think he could be a prob- probably next summer, if not January. He's gone. Yeah, he's, he's another one, isn't he? He can be really, 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 really good. And you think, wow, where was that player last week, you know, or the week before? And then some days he's just, I don't know. That level of consistency seems to be missing. 
yeah, there, there is none. That's the problem. Yeah, I think I think the problem with Dembele is he 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 plays with a like, well, like a, a mental handbrake on. You know, he's got everything, but just as you think he's going to open up a pass, he'll like change his mind and then come back inside. You go, no, why have you done it? And then it gives the defenders time to get back in a position and a moment's lost. And it's, that just happens too often with him. Yeah. Now, if we can stop that and he can start playing more instinctively, which is not you know it's not easy because your brain's a bugger, but if we can get that instinctive player to just play with a bit of freedom and you know accept that a few passes are going to go astray and, and stuff like that, then then he can be an answer. The answer, no. That's I, I really like that expression, a mental hand handbrake. Mm. Um, <laughs> okay, so Mark Evans asks: Is Addy a likely Hall of Fame candidate? I'm not even going to I'm not even going to dignify that with an answer. Um, Andrew Pelling asks: Trippier or Walker? So I haven't I, se- I haven't seen enough of Trippier yet. I can't I can't really answer it until maybe three or four months in. Yeah. No, I agree I've, with I've, Mary. I've answered this on yesterday. Um, Walker, Walker will start the season. There's absolutely mm-hmm. no doubt about that. Same as yeah. Rose did last season, and then it's up yeah. to Walker to keep his place. If Walker plays well and keeps his place, then Trippier's going to have to rise to the you know the occasion which Davies didn't do last season. Davies never really put any pressure on Rose with his performances. Um, no. But Walker, if he doesn't if he doesn't perform, then Trippier will get a shot. But at the moment, Walker will start. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, exactly, exactly that. Um, Tom Neufeld asks, "Will we win the double or merely just the league?" <laughs> well, I love it, his optimism. How much is did it, he put on the bookies at, for that? Is it July nineteen sixty? No, we're only winning the league. It'll be a disappointing season. Yeah, we'll, we'll win the league. I said top four, didn't I? One hundred and fifty to one. By the way, if anyone's interested in a bet, I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll keep your shekel in my pocket. I think <laughs> that's that's on winning the league, not the not the double. Right. So um, it's good to dream. Yeah, it is. Just go back to we talked about stadium earlier. Paul Simon said a question for Paul Simon. Looking at the plans for the new stadium, do you think it would be nice to have a dedicated seating area for like-minded fans, like, a bit like the eighteen eighty two? And if so, where should it be? And what should it be called? If everyone knew which block was where everyone was, then you can either move your season ticket or try to book there if it's free. Um, I think that as good as an idea that is, I think the practicalities are going to be quite difficult to get, you know... There's a designated area already for that kind of thing. It's called the pub. (laughs) Well, you know. But don't we? But don't we sort of have that now with the park lane? If you want to go somewhere, it's going to be a bit, bit more rowdy, more mm. singing, and all that. You you go in the park lane. If you want, you know, a bit more decorum, you go in the west end. If you want to take your kids, you go in the Paxton Road end. You know, if you want a bagel, you go anywhere other than the park lane. <laughs> the bagels. Yeah, are not- well you done. Watch, you you watch what's going to happen to them bagels. <laughs> Took a whole hour though before we had a mention of bagels. It's pretty yeah. impressive, I think. Well good. done on your restrained jab. Have you managed to go a whole summer without a bagel, Yav? Or... I have. Yeah, <laughs> I, I haven't had one since the Leicester game. <laughs> Are you all right? Um, I, I, I think you're right, Jess. I mean, it sort of already exists in a 
the adult fashion, you've got the 1882. The, the, the bigger thing is with, with the new stadium, how's that going to transfer itself across? Because what I would hate is if you had everybody just spread across, Yeah. you know. But from what I understand, when we did, I think it was episode 27, and when we had um, Cat Law and Martin Cloak from the Trust, um, they mentioned that the Trust are working with um, the club to... You know, to have a sort of provision for certain fans who want to sing, and you know that they're, they're looking at ways to incorporate. But, but I'm presuming that's this cop end, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, if they've got this great big bank, and you, you know, you want to sit there and read your Telegraph at half time, that's not the place for you, is it? That's no. going to be the place for where it's going to generate the atmosphere. I mean, I'm, you know, I know it sounds a bit long. Uh, bit far-fetched but you'd hope the whole stadium has a good atmosphere because that's that's the thing that White Lane really has missed over these last two or three years the atmosphere has been shocking in certain games it's been I mean the Chelsea game was unbelievable and the Arsenal game towards the end was unbelievable but in general the atmosphere at White Lane has not been particularly good over the last couple of years no it hasn't so you know the new stadium you want the whole stadium buzzing not just the section you know we're all there we're all there like-minded we're all there because we're Spurs fans. That's our commonality. Yep, good call, Jess. Mm. Mm. Okay, moving along quickly. Um, two similar questions. So, Caroline Pochettino asks, what are realistically the chances of, get, chances of us getting a new striker at this stage and how catastrophic to our campaign will it be if we don't? And... Uh, similar sort of question Greg Taylor are you confident about the new season even though as yet the striker problem is not resolved the team restructuring the team restructuring so far makes him feel that the that thought and consideration has gone behind it and instead of the knee jerk um, two seasons ago yeah I yeah it has it, it, it's, it's two seasons ago it was knee jerk because we lost our best player and then we just brought in all these other players and they kind of like, here, have these and just stick them anywhere and see what happens. Um, and now we're going to see what happens because some of them are leaving um, or have left already. Um, I, don't, I think we'll be okay. I, I Striker, we do. It's not the end of the world. There's another month left in the window. Um, I think we will buy Berahino. They've just got Lambert in and uh, by all accounts, he's already started scoring for them. So I, I think that's a done deal. I just think it's the, the whole thing has calmed down. Um, once maybe Adeboyor has uh, buggered off to uh, Villa and stopped demanding like stupid money, which we know Villa hasn't really got. Um, yeah, I think it, it'll be it'll be sorted. We've got a month, so yeah. Yeah, I also don't think we've got the same sort of problem. We've actually got a very good striker at the club, but mm. he does need backup. And um, yeah. And I think he'll get it. I, I don't. We haven't got an option. We can't. You know, you, you could ruin Harry's career by basically bur- burdening the whole season on on him. So I, I don't think there's an issue that there. I think we'll definitely get another striker in. But we've got a guy that's just scored 31 goals in. So it's not like we're in a desperate position we were in two years ago. Also, two years ago, for instance, Soldado and Polino were both bought with the intention of keeping Bell. It was then after that, the, the afterthought of the um, Capoues and Lamellas, uh, Chiricho, Chiricho, yes. um, you know, <laughs> Just call him the, the drunken sailor, Jess. Oh. <laughs> Poor Chiricho. Um, 
poor lad. I mean, he's, he has had more broken noses than a, a pub bar brawler, hasn't he? I mean, he, <laughs> he just looks awkward as a footballer. Every well, time yeah. I used to see him, I just and started. And... Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I just used to start singing, "What shall we do with the drunken sailor?" I don't know why. <laughs> it just happens. But um, yeah, no, it didn't happen for him, did it? Really, it's not that he's he isn't actually he can play. No, he's a good player. I actually think he's a good player, but the Premiership finds you out. It really does find you out. It just didn't work for him. No. It's a bit like Saldado. We know he can play. It just yeah. didn't happen. All the, all the stats are there for Saldado, yeah. but unfortunately, it just hasn't yeah, hasn't happened yet. And, and, and that's sport. That is sport for you, though. If we make, make an assumption that Berahino is going to happen... Soon, I think it's a dangerous, dangerous assumption, but yeah, well, okay. Let's, let's, just, let's, let's just roll with it. So, so, yeah, 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 let's roll with it. Um, then you know, going back to what you said earlier, Jess, about needing two strikers, so yeah, you've got Kane, you've got you bring in Berahino, we still need one more, yeah, that's that's certain. But as you said a few moments ago, if you compare us to this time last year, like this time last year, we had Kane who. We didn't know that he was going to he was going to have a season. That we he was we didn't have. predict he was going to score thirty one yeah. goals though. And we had we still had Sosado and we still had still had Addy. So now we've got Kane and we know what what he's just done. Hopefully we'll get Barahino, get shot of one of so or get no, shot of Addy. No, they'll both go. They're both go. They're, and, they're and then yeah. just get someone else uh, someone else in for Soldado. Well, then and... you can get a youngster in, so you can have so, so, you know ideally. Berahino would be absolutely perfect because he can play up front. He could play in the three just behind the front man. So if we're chasing a game or or if we wanna, you know, we wanna give really go attacking, you can play him and Kane in the same same side. And then you, you buy a youngster that's got potential and that you play, you know, you give games in um Europa League and Carlos. Hang on a minute, Jess. What do you mean by a youngster? Berahino is what, 21? And Kane yeah, but, just yeah, but what I mean is someone... Make okay, me let, feel old, why don't you? Well, I'm 43. I mean, <laughs> you know, all right, let me term it better then. Someone that's, <laughs> someone that's not experienced in the Premiership because Berahino is reasonably experienced in the Premiership. So Yeah, yeah. I agree with you. That's it was just this whole by yeah. a youngster. Well, but they're, they're all bloody anyway. youngsters. I mean, yeah. yeah. Okay, uh, final few questions. Um... Apologies if I, if I don't get to read everybody's question. Um, Neil John asks, Kabul, will Spurs history be kind to him? Nope. No, I... I, I, I yeah, go on, sorry. Thanks, you go first. Well, you know that he... Um, <laughs> I, we have a consultant at work at the moment who's a Sunderland season ticket holder. He was all, oh, yeah, we've bought Kabul from you. And I was like, there's a reason we're selling him. Anyway, so they played the other <laughs> night and... Um, <laughs> And they were Sunderland were nil nil, and then Kabul came on, and they lost two nil. And I went, "Well, there you go, don't you?" <laughs> Never <did>. mind. <laughs> yeah, it just made me smile. But he's too slow. That's yeah, it. That last season, it was just, and he's. You can't write off every game he played. Some of those games, he was absolutely immense for us. Last season, yeah. not. And wasn't he? I think he was one of the cabal of. Um, we're not going to talk to. We're not going to do what we want. It was a season too many last season. Yeah, and yeah. I don't. But I, he is too slow. His injuries are too prone. But they've caught up. They've caught up with him. Yeah, and he's getting on a bit. But I think history. If we go back to the actual question, I think it will be kind to him. He got the winner at the Emirates. He 
set up the goal that qualified us for the Champions League and was actually very good in that season. So that I, was, he had it. That was a great season for him. And he actually played at right back quite a lot that season as well. But so people I will think, remember more the more recent stuff, I suspect. Yeah, I mean the last season was not good, and like I say it's a season too far. But in general, I think he's been a reasonable servant, and and I certainly won't be slagging him off. I just think last season it, it was a season too far. I think he, he he it was never the same player after he returned from that injury. Um, his first 20... season he was. Oh no, no the injury. No, you're right. No, the, you're right the, the, the last good season we had was 2011, 12. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then <clears> after that, he wasn't the same player. Um, not being rude to him. Um, to go back to the question. He's not here. Yeah, but you don't. You can. <laughs> Kabul. Yeah. Um, Eunice, come here. No. <laughs> <laughs> Will Spurs history be kind to him? The way I see it, it he's exactly that. He's history. You know and. Good luck to him at Sunderland, um, but you know, I... I'm not crying in my beer because he's left. Yeah. Oh no, no, but I think he had absolutely had to go. I mean, he was unpickable. Like I say, he was another one of the unpickables, and we had quite a few last season. But I think if you look at his whole Spurs career, which goes quite a way back, I mean, 2007, didn't we sign him? Did we? Was it 2007? Yeah, he's been there or was a it while. 2006. No, and 2007. His... Oh, and he had his sabbatical at Portsmouth down your way, and he'd done all yeah. right. And I think he's he has done all right, but I think the lot. Oh, right, I'm back. I think last season was just a season too far. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, final two questions. Well, final, a bit more than two questions, but um, (laughs) one of them's from Oliver. Oliver Lee sent several questions, which are all around um, transfers, uh, which I'll come to. Um, Before that, we've got. A question which I, I quite like from Charles Ingram, and I wish I'd read this out earlier, because um, to do it justice, we'll probably have to spend a bit more time, and we've only got so much time. But he says, do we feel the need to balance and strengthen our midfield instead of just fast, tricky players? Um, for him, he says that we're missing that one strong defensive midfielder to play alongside Bentelab, someone similar to Huddleston, maybe. Now, he should. I should add that he did later on say, did qualify that with somebody a bit more mobile than Huddleston. <laughs> but, but maybe someone akin to Carrick, someone who can dominate spray balls that would give the defensive attack confidence to, if to you, do what they do if best. If you could get a young Carrick now in this side next to Bentaleb, uh, we would be awesome. we would be shoo-ins for top four. Never mind yeah. potential. Yeah. Um, well, absolutely, I've been saying that all along. A, a experienced, quality central midfielder to go alongside Bentaleb is an absolute necessity. Very hard to, to pick one up, but it's very important. I, th- I think Mason's going to be all right, but I just don't think Mason's going to be a 38-game-a-season man in that position. He's a bit, and this isn't intended as a, to diss the guy, um, he's a bit frail. I think, flaky. I think he's flaky is what he is. Some days he's brilliant and other days he's terrible. There's nothing to him. He's like a twig. But oh, yeah. he, um, he has a tendency, you know, he has a, a series of injuries behind him. And I think, mm. you know, whilst he is happy yeah, he to, take, to to go flying in for a tackle, I think sometimes at the back of his head is a, if I push this, I won't be able to play subsequent games. You know, I don't know. It doesn't seem to stop him. But yeah, you're right. He has got a history of injuries. But I just think, I just think ultimately, forgetting all the all the subplotting, I just think he's not quite good enough for what we want. Is more where I'm coming from. So I think that I'm going to get slaughtered for this, but 
Um, I'd quite like to see Cambiasso um, at Spurs, even if it's just, you no, know, I want, a, a, no, I, a I think, player. I think it's a great shout, uh, Yaman. I think my only problem is he's, he's 35 now. Yeah. I think, I think, nothing wrong with 35. No, no, nothing wrong with 35. <laughs> But, well, the for playing football. It's no. We need a younger need player to have the legs. I don't think Cambiasso has got the legs anymore for it. No, I think. He, no. I think. I think even last year, Cambiasso would have been fantastic because that would have really helped players like Mason, like Bentaleb, a guy of that experience, of that quality as well. You know, but I mean, what I don't know how you guys remember when when we brought when Santini came into the club, he brought um, Nuruddin Nabet with him. Yeah. Ledley King was a completely and utterly different player after spending time with Nabet. Nabet was 37. Nabet was about as quick as I am now. And yet he read the game brilliantly and, and taught Ledley King things you can't teach naturally. You know, they really are the, the finer essences of the game. That's the actual game in your head. And Ledley was infinitely better after playing with uh, Nuruddin Nabet. And it'd be great to have someone like Cambiasso, but I just think it's a year again. It's just a year too far down the line for to bring play Cambiasso. Mason and Cambiasso. You can yeah, but where's Bentaleb? Where where are he? Right, but, yeah. but no, no, no. Sorry, not as a partnership, but you play them one or both. the other. Yeah. No, but I don't think Cambiasso's got the legs for one game, not not no. a, a campaign. No, no, but no, no. Who, no, who no, says no, we no. need it for one game? I mean, he, he could. Yeah, yeah. If we need to, if we need to close out a game or maybe a European game, yeah. and we need to close it out, then but to yeah, have but him would, at the club, would, I think yeah. would gain. We would gain more from having him on the pitch. If you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's a valid point. But then, then what you've got to go from is the other angle. Would he be happy to do that? Because he's coming to the end of his career. He will probably go somewhere where he will play, and that that would be the. But but he might yeah. decide that no, he might. Yeah. to pass on his wisdom. Um, is at a club like Spurs is better than to go and play is like I don't know that he's already said he's not staying at Leicester but he's leaving where, Leicester I think he's going yeah. to the MLS by all accounts but wouldn't it be better to stay and kind of pass that knowledge on I don't know you're right no, I, I, don't. I don't know uh, the, the other one Carrick um, United have got Schweinsteiger um, Schweinsteiger, Schneiderlin, and then if you consider they've already got Fellaini, and I'm trying to think, my brain's got brain's gone dead. But they've got quite a few midfield players now. Is it possible that Carrick might become might become surplus to requirements? Don't get me wrong, they'd be, they'd be mad. So. They'd be no, mad I, if they sold him. I, I really don't think so. But no. what, hap- what what would happen if come January he's struggling to to get game time? Yeah, Sch- but, Schneiderlin and but Schweinsteiger's not going to be fit or sit. Schweinsteiger again is. He, he gets 20 games in a season at the moment. Schneiderlin will play majority of the time, but you, Carrick, Carrick, Carrick gets injured a lot now as well. Mm. So, you know, I, I think Carrick will be more than happy to see his time out at United now. I don't yeah. think he's going to be... Less, he's been there 12 years now, I think, or 10 years. Oh, he's been there a long time. Not that yeah, 2006. Yeah, yeah he's he been come there back? nine years. So. He might come back, but I don't think he'll, there's any motivation for it. I don't yeah. think he's going to leave Man United. He's had a great United career and, and fair yep. play to him. Okay, so final 
four questions, but they're going to be quick questions. Um, no, they're from the same. It's final two a minute ago now, but well, it's it's all right, yeah, but I'm... <laughs> final. Okay, so um, Oliver Lee has asked four questions, cheeky fucker, and um, <laughs> yeah, the, way, the way I'm going to do it, so we'll all answer one question very quickly. So I'll, I'll do the first one. Oliver Lee asks most exciting signing of the summer, um, based on the few players that we've brought in so far. I'm just going to say Toby Alderweireld. If that's pronounced correctly, um, yeah. Oliver Lee. Second question asks, "Who, who are we most pleased to get rid of?" And I'm gonna go to Bex. Because uh, Kabul, because he was named as captain last season. Fair enough. Uh, next question, Oliver Lee asks, "Who do we wa- who do we want gone? Who hasn't gone yet?" Mary. Adebayor. Okay, and the final one. Sorry, Jess, to put you on the spot. What brackets realistic player do we most want signed for us? Um, well, see, I'm 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 not going to go down the obvious striker. Striker. I still want us. I I really think where our season could be made or broken is in that centre midfield berth. Now, the diff- the problem is I haven't got a bloody answer. I know. Christ. I, I have not got... I do not know who we could sign. Schneidlin, but he's gone. Um, I don't know. I cannot think of another midfielder that we could... Who's, who's the lad at PSG that you go on about? Oh, um, Rabiot. Yeah, Rabiot. Yeah, that, I think that'd be a decent signing. I, I'd like Rabiot. He's young. He, he fits the profile of what we're looking to bring in. Whether it's realistic or not, because I'm not sure they'll be too keen to, to let him go. Um... <sighs> I'm at a loss. I really am. <laughs> uh, but that's who I, I think the central midfielder is would be. But if we if we sign Berahino and say Yamalenko and a midfielder that I've never heard of, but that Pochettino has and he likes, I I I, I could live with that. There you go, Oliver. You've got four questions and four answers. Right. Thank you, Jess. Thank you, Mary. Thank you, Bex. And thank you, everybody, for listening. The future's bright. The future's lily white. Good night. Oh.